0: Tuesday, October 17th. This is Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake Cat Miller. I'm joined by always my good friend, Jake Baki. Jake, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, doing well. It's finally, uh, team finally put up some points this week.
0: Oh, really? That's nice to hear. My team did it. Do
1: <laughs> you want me to lend you some or? I? That would be
0: cool. I could like, like hedge your points and be like, hey, I won by 40 this week. I'm going to get 30 Put 30 in the bank so that I can, like, draw on it later in the I'll year.
1: We fill two points to win. Maybe Brian point yeah. 0.5. Uh, we yeah, have don't have
0: to a shed a lot for Brian.
1: Ton. Uh, three of our matchups decided by less than seven points, which is doesn't happen too often. Uh, a couple of um, easy wins, one for me, one for Steph. And we'll get into all these matchups, but a lot of nail biters that came down to either Sunday night or Monday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, normally I have, like, some fun, like, quip or question for you, but I'm just so frustrated with my team. I just want to get into the matchups. Are you ready? Yeah,
1: we'll get into the matchups, and then you get back into the lab to try and get uh, more than 100 points next week. The lab has no electricity.
0: I haven't paid Close. for it. It's been, cl- it's been closed for a while.
1: It's been closed ever since the round three selection of Najee Harris. The ultimate
0: closer. Let's start with a matchup. You know what? Crowd favorite. One of the owners that everyone likes to get behind. The cat hashtag claws up. Gets the loss against the Robinson. Both teams are now two and four. And I put up 86 points. I probably more than my average so far this year. Still have not cracked 100. Mm-hmm. Pretty much right and, around.
1: Pretty much right, pretty right, much right, right around.
0: Pretty right. much yeah. But... Um, I'm only mad at myself. The big reason why I'm mad at myself is that uh, with Anthony Richardson unavailable this week, and then news coming out that he's probably going to be done for the year. What a horrible trade that was! That I had Jared Goff in that trade, and I think what's been back-to-back weeks that I played Jared Goff last week. No,
1: no, I don't. I don't no, remember. Played Anthony Richardson. He got hurt. I think I
0: did play Anthony Richardson. He got hurt. But back-to-back weeks, I have a. Pretty solid quarterback, and I choose to just not go with him. I'm with Matthew Stafford. I ultimately lost by six points. The difference would have been Jared Goff. My team stinks, Jake. You just ripped me a new one before we started recording. I get yeah. it, but I'm I love romantic comedies. I'm always um, I'm always rooting for the under, underdog, and I consider myself as such. But not only this week, but just long term projections for my team. I'm just I'm not, I'm not looking good. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 13 points. Relatively low scoring against a Arizona team. Scored in that game was 26-9. But um, running, uh, Kyron Williams just went off with about 170 yards on the ground. What are you going to get? Saquon Barkley was absolutely frustrating. There were a couple of moments I can look at certain players on my team where there were there were decisions. There was literally one yard of difference on that um, end of the first half where Saquon would have just breached. That could of the points. There's a couple instances that were there. Derrick Henry continues to, I mean, he got 18 points this week, but if you watch that game, it literally came on the back of one run. Uh, it seemed like it's nothing very inspiring. I talked very highly on Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, in the matchup against the Rams in terms of their soft coverage that they play for their defense. That amounted to nothing because the Rams defense, for some reason, shut down a surprisingly um, okay, efficient Arizona offense, but woof. That team without um, James Connor, I, that is not going to be the same team going forward as long as he is out. Uh-huh. But we love Jalen Waddell 14, George Kittle, another .6 outing out of him. Yep. Um, me making that trade for Mike Evans. Just the highs and lows of the tight end landscape, doesn't matter who you get. Um, almost outpaced Logan Thomas, uh, the counterpart, but yep. he broke out with a big week of .7. So it was a big tight end duel for both of us. But, and then... It, Besides that, Blake Rupi Blake Rupi missed two field goals in a dome. He's off my team. After that, and the whole reason I got him because he was a dome kicker, and there's six points left on the table right there that would have put me had would have had me lose by point one point. But there is nothing positive with my team. I have some assets that I could trade, but I I don't know what to do, Jake.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not like. I don't think playing Jared Goff on the road at Tampa Bay, like that's – I think when you look at it, it's all hindsight now, but it's it's still a tough matchup. And Stafford with Cooper Cup and still with Puka and all those guys, I still think that, you know, that is the play. So I wouldn't necessarily um, – I I don't give you – I'm not going to like harp on that. I think that was still the correct play. Um, But, yeah, I don't really know – where your team goes from here. Um, I don't think you have too many guys on the bench that you can play consistently. I mean, Chris Godwin is someone <clears throat> that, like, has it, has the talent. It's just a, a consistent 10 points a week, and is that really someone you want to put in as a flex? I mean, your your, your team needs guys that are going to try to, like, boom, and I don't yeah. see it. Um, and I definitely think that there are some players that you can possibly deal to try and get some, you know, better weapons on the squad. You know, like trading Derek Henry, I think, to a team with some um, <clears throat> with some depth, possibly can be a, a way out of, you know, trying to strengthen up certain areas. But yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, like I said last week, I, I considered you, your team and Phillips's team both dead. And I'm going to stick by that. Um, and I think there's a shot here with you being in last place um, going forward.
0: Ninth place, excuse me.
1: No, no, but I'm saying, like, you're going to continue to lose. And this is going to be one of these years that we're going to look back. And I don't think it's a romantic comedy. I, I push back on that because going into this season, all you talked about was how much you've made the playoffs over and over again. You're not an underdog. You're just, you know, you talked a big game and it's starting to, you know, fall flat in your face.
0: Meet the Robinson gets a win. He uh, puts up 92, not a very inspiring effort, but a little bit more consistent. And it really came down to the defensive and kicking out that happened on Thursday night. That yeah, 15, 19 points really pro- uh, propelled uh, his matchups because all in all across the board, I continue to dog Brian Robinson. He continues to score points. He had 12 points. Bijan. This is Bijan's lowest outing of the, of the year. It looks like he's been a, on a somewhat consistent downfall. No, it's not his lowest outing. He had to put Basically, an eight outing around this number. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's been, he's been struggling as late that Atlanta teams kind of getting figured out. People are figuring out how to attack that rush, but it is wild. Um, it is wild. I mean, we'll talk about when we see the owners of, I don't think anyone played Drake London. I think he's actually on the, he's the on waiver wire. wire that he actually had a very productive game. Um, Pedestrian outing for DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is just all I see is, out of him is just frustration and um, him not getting the ball. His on-field antics. Yeah, that's a
1: DK though, I feel like DK just when one thing doesn't go his way, like I like DK, like watching him from a distance at times. But then there are times where I'm just like. Dude, why are you? Why are you like this? Because it's just like causing his. Why better. are you like you are? <laughs> like, yeah. Why are you the way you are? Um, yeah. He's just someone with so much talent, but then you watch him and like one thing doesn't go his way, and then he's like just shoving guys around, and getting flags all the time. Like he's just one of those guys where like I would I would be frustrated watching him like on my team fantasy team like week in and week out.
0: Like we get it. You got a good body. Like get over it. Like <laughs> seriously. Calvin Ridley, 4.6, very shocking considering the offensive output that uh, Jacksonville put up with 37. I don't know what you do with Calvin Ridley. I just – I really don't. I think
1: – I, I think don't know. What, it just, I uh, the epitome of both your guys' squads is just like, what do I do with these players? Like what do yeah. I do with uh, – I guess Ryan Robinson is just going to stick stick there. But, yeah, what do I do with DK? What do I do with Calvin? Um Once again, I think you can keep DeAndre Hopkins on the bench. I don't think he is going to, going forward, be anything. But then you look at Phillips' bench and you're like, all right, maybe Terry McLaurin going forward, perhaps Joshua Palmer who had a good game last night and he had multiple like 30-yard plays get called back for penalties. Um, Mm -hmm. So perhaps he is someone you you try to stack with Herbert and hope for a touchdown here or there. But yeah, I feel like Phillips' team in general is just like, what do I don't know what to do with, with this, these guys?
0: Yeah, it like you mentioned, both of our teams, so we're kind of at a crossroads. But meet the Robinson gets a win, goes two and four. I get the loss, the cat goes two, two and four. Next matchup, we got the law dogs going up against Notorious. Another close one, Jake. Law Dogs 1-5 now gets the loss against Notorious 107-108. Where I'm looking at matchups, anything in particular stands out, which was the difference in this matchup? I don't see any Monday Night Blues here.
1: I mean, nothing really. I mean, it's such a close. It's 108.7 to 107.2, so you're looking at a 1.5 difference. A lot of similar scores. In my opinion, you have, you know, look at Trey's team with Tyreek, who has just been... An absolute monster this year, twenty five points. Then you go across and Amon Ra had his very—I feel like his first like Amon Ra type kind of game that he could he can have going forward with twenty four point four. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I should say this. I feel like Phil finally picked the right defense this week. I feel like in mm-hmm. years past, he's always shopping. shopping he's always shopping for defenses, and he always picks the wrong one. Um, I don't think it was this year, but I feel like last year he picked. Some team like the Giants or some team that's pretty bad, and he thought that it was just a good matchup against a bad offense, and then that defense ended up dropping like minus three, um, and losing him a week. And, and I could just be talking out of my ass, but I do feel like Phil at times does that. <clears throat> Remember when he played me? He left his defense in, uh, against the Dolphins, I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. and the Dolphins just went off against him. So, Phil, um, rough loss for Phil because once again, he's starting two tight ends um, and not that there really was anywhere else to go, but we've talked about the difference between a team like Steph and the difference between a team like Phil. Phil is just stubborn to a T about not getting any players that have high potential or taking risks on players that perhaps could boom. Instead, he's playing someone like, I'm not saying Sam Laporte is bad, but the time, <sighs> I understand that he won last week with two tight ends. That's just not something that I think you can consistently do, especially against the number one um, in the standings team in Trey.
0: Yeah. uh, Questions with his running back, him going up with Deontay Foreman, seven points. I mean, with the cascade of injuries that he has on his bench, and that was one of the guys available. Everything's hindsight now since we're – Recording this on a Tuesday, we don't we don't get to see what the available options were, but seven point two is not horrible. Uh, kind of low scoring game, kind of puts of a game out of that, but one hundred seven is not a bad outing as a whole. Um, yeah, Sam Laporta with five point six, but um, kind of just across the board mellow outings. Jamar Chase with eleven and that seventeen to thirteen win over the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker was sixteen. Uh, Kenneth Walker had a really good game. I remember checking in on that game, and he seemed mm-hmm. like he was buzzing. He had a very good first um,
1: for that. He kind of that, that that game was very weird in the second half, but first half, yeah. touchdown and a uh, really good game.
0: And then T Law with his uh, with his fourteen point outing in a thirty seven to twenty turnovers. What's the deal with that one? Turnovers with a lot of defensive touchdowns. Looks like he had one interception. Um, I wonder who had, if anyone had the Colts' defense. If, if that's indicative to that high-scoring game, that was in that game that I had much tabs on, unfortunately. But yeah, there's 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 pieces, obviously, with like Amon Rossi and Brown, Mark Andrews, Shamar Chase, Kenneth Walker. There's pieces to Phil's team. That's that uh, that definitely at the one and five start, him being last place. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just we discovered my matchup. I think I think obviously statistically. In terms of like output, in terms of points, I'm, I am the worst, probably worst team in the league. Um, Phil's team has had, it seems like he's had a couple heartbreaks. He's had some poor decision makings in terms of defense, like you mentioned, but he's got good pieces here. Definitely pieces that he could trade to maybe fix that running back room. Jameer Gibbs obviously is in, was injured, wasn't available this week, but um, reports are that he's actually going to be out a little bit longer. So maybe a multiple week
1: um, well, I don't know about that. I I, I, I heard that Jameer Gibbs is gonna most likely play next week because David Montgomery is out for the foreseeable future.
0: I have a I have a report uh, recent news on Monday that uh, Dan Campbell said he will be out. Oh, okay. oh, never mind. I didn't read it. You're right. My David bad. So maybe. Out maybe with David Montgomery out, that will open it up. Yeah, this Who's will be a spot uh,
1: for, for Jameer Gibbs. I mean, David Montgomery did miss a week, and Jameer Gibbs I still think only put up eight or nine points, Um, and it was mostly mm-hmm. off and through the air. But this is a time for Phil to perhaps you know plug in Jameer Gibbs at the second RB. And I don't know. I think that flex spot, like he has to find someone. And I know that sometimes trades, you know, you want to get even value, but you're looking at one and five right now. And i feel like you just need to get some pieces um yeah. really because i know next week looking at next week it's a lot of it's by Mageddon for a lot of people um and this is going to be a week next week where i think uh phil is going to have jamar on bye week without jamar yeah. um it's just it's going to be rough for phil to really you know put up points so Yeah, if I were Phil, I would look for somewhere else. You know, there are some players still out there. We talked about Drake London, uh, who had a good game last week. I don't think I would trust Drake London necessarily. No. But you're looking at someone like um, – I was just looking while you were talking. But like someone like a Josh Downs, who's been pretty good on the Colts. And he is someone that Gardner Minshew has been throwing the ball to a lot.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, definitely.
1: And I think that he is someone that Phil should take a flyer on. Just because you know Phil doesn't have a lot of fab, because he spent it a lot on a chain. But you know he is someone that like you should have probably picked up on Saturday and dropped a Jerick McKinnon, a Tank Bigsby, a, a Wondell. Oh, Wondell's been okay, but like you know <coughs> one of those players and take a shot on guys that possibly that have gotten a lot of targets that have some of those p- potential to be number one receivers like Drake London. If I were Phil. You could have picked him up over the weekend before he really started to go off. So, Phil, I, I, I'm very close to declaring your team dead. But there are some players where I'm just like, you know what? There could be something here. But I'm, I'm very close to to shoveling dirt on Phil's team as well.
0: I mean, what a world we live in now. Week six, uh, week six of last year, it seemed like every team was still in the dance, and yeah. you're already almost. You're almost about to put three teams underground already six feet. Um, once. Yeah. They're six feet. I didn't know how many feet it was. I thought it was five feet. So that's why I kind of shot away from it. One team though, that is it's nowhere us. near the dirt. Uh-huh. I don't even know what the opposite is. Um, it's notorious now, notorious one outing outing, probably one of the, I would say probably is one of his lower outings, uh, but his name of his game and the, his team is consistency. Um, when the star guys kind of struggle, you and I both were, were high, I would say, on TJ Hawkinson. We thought, hey, there's got to be an obvious beneficiary to this offense with Justin Jefferson's gone. Well, one thing we didn't account for that no one was going to benefit from him being gone because that offense definitely struggled in that matchup on the road against Chicago. TJ with only eight points, but it's a tight end landscape. You're going to take that. Mike Evans got shut down against detroit um 6.9 and kind of the big one obviously josh allen kind of a stinker of an outing but he got just enough out of josh allen to uh, squeeze out the victory even in that low outing but when you got guys like you mentioned you got guys like tyreek hill um isaiah Pacheco, we talked about in the thursday matchup but still didn't hit projections but still 12 points like that's consistency josh jacobs continues to be a, a mystery if he's good or he's bad or what You'll take ten points with these running backs that keep getting injured, that keep getting injured. Um, that's a top. That's a top run running back. It seems like this year, which is disgusting. And I, um, I'll never put dirt or slander on Jacoby Myers' name because that guy continues to get touchdowns. Um,
1: yeah, I, I am far more impressed by Jacoby Myers than uh, Josh Jacobs this year. Josh Jacobs is right now ranked fifteenth fantasy running back without having a buy. Um, or wait, do they have a buy? I don't think they've had a buy yet. Uh let me double check. But no, they have not, not buy yet. Buy 13. So, so yeah, he is someone that like Josh Jacobs was very much um, a player last year that would have moments of just breaking away. That's not happening this year. And I will say he's had very limited touchdowns. Um, I mean, he only's had two touchdowns this year, but they struggle to get the ball into the red zone and in the end zone in general. Um, and he is someone that just has not performed very well. And I think Trey's team is solely on the backs of two players. And that's Josh Allen and Tyreek. Um, and if either of those two don't have good weeks, I think that's where Trey's kind of, um, that's where you can, you can beat Trey's team. I know that he's six and zero, but you're looking at someone that, um, That is middle of the road as points for, and that is currently number one in points against. And I'll keep on beating that drum because when Trey starts to play teams that score a lot of points, um, I think he'll get some losses. But when you have Tyree kill and you have Josh Allen and you have guys that have chipped in like a Jacoby Myers, you're going to be hard to beat at at times. I am with you with Mike Evans. I, I'm not sure what you're getting with Mike Evans week by week. I know that there were a couple balls though in that game that Baker Mayfield absolutely just threw ducks, and Mike Evans was wide open, just terrible passes. But that's kind of what you get when you have these players, and you kind of have to make sure that they have quarterbacks that can throw yeah. the ball right. Like I, yeah, love, I actually think DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most like top ten talented wide receivers in the league. I would never touch DeAndre Hopkins because of who's throwing him the ball. Ryan Tanhill's bad. Malik Willis is bad. Will Levis, their third string rookie quarterback is bad. So, you know, you know who is good
0: though? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry could throw the ball.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he does have a couple of uh of uh He's probably back. got the best QBR on the team. Probably does. I actually I agree with you on that. So, <laughs> you know, whether it's offenses or quarterbacks in general, that's kind of who you want to match up. And Trey does have, um, you know, some guys with with bad quarterbacks. Um, and you know, we this guy kind of bucked the trend. We just talked about Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers has had he has looked better than Devonte Adams this year. Devontae's had one mm-hmm. crazy good week against the Steelers, but Jacoby is someone that's been very very consistent this year.
0: Yeah, I there's not. So is so is Trey. I mean, you're, you keep talking about middle of the pack points for, but there's a consistency with this team. There's consistency that comes with when you got guys like Tyreek Hill that can make up for somewhat down weeks that Josh Allen and a, a prison like Evans will give you. Um, and you always got Daniel Carlson in your back pocket. You're well, always looking at the ten points out of him.
1: Before we get off this matchup. What do you think Trey should be doing with the Tua, Josh Allen? Because I personally think I would stack Tua and Tyreek every single week. And with that being said, though, I would try to to try to find someone to trade Josh Allen to and beef up a lot of my team with, you know, because Rashad White is not turning out to be a good running back, backup running back. He is someone that's consistently getting less than 10 points a week doesn't get any touchdowns. That offense just is not good. Um, Very limited wide receiver um, options for Trey too, for that flex position. So would you try to, you know, would you try to deal and see what you can get from Josh Allen? Or or are you just trying to play matchups? I know you've asked this question. I think you asked it last week to me, but I'm looking at it week by week. I feel like Tua has been outperforming Josh Allen on a consistent basis.
0: I just sent him a trade for Josh Allen. So right now I just text them right now. That's, uh now i i don't i don't know i don't know i mean you can't play the injury game and i feel absolutely ridiculous sending him a trade for josh allen because i had a guy i had i had this his kind of similar situation weeks prior where i felt like you know i've got two solid quarterbacks and like i can maybe take a little hit on a quarterback because i got a good one i can get value but um yeah, I mean when you're 6-0 you can start start taking gambles. I hate trading when I'm below. I like I would love to be in a trade situation where I'm like, hey, "You know what? I'm rich. I'm 6-0. I can kind of gamble on guy, maybe like a even like a Justin Jefferson, um guy that's going to be out for a little bit, but I know when he comes back into my team, um I can take the losses. Um, but when it comes to the quarterbacks right now with a lot of them getting banged up, you get your your Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson, um you kind of see like the top end guys like Patrick Mahomes that isn't really performing as a standard. It's hard making the decision every week, but at this point of the juncture, I'd rather make that decision every week. than, then be faced with the situation where I just got Josh Allen or I just got Tua, and I got to go back to the waiver wire because you subtract Josh Allen from the situation. You, you beef up the, the flex spot. Um, I mean, you're still making you're still making tough decisions on start start starts and uh sits in that spot. And I will say with Trey, like I think Trey is a happy man. I think he's happy that he's six and zero. But guys seems like a happy man rolling out Mike Evans. He loves Mike Evans. Like he loves Buccaneers players. Like I mentioned in the uh, uh, meet your managers at the beginning of the year, no one's draft more Buccaneer players than Trey. So definitely, there's probably guys that he can that he can enhance his team. Especially with the the value that he has, of having Josh Allen, and Tua, but I just think this guy loves playing Buccaneers players, and I think he's completely content uh, going six and zero with Mike Evans in the flex spot. I don't think he needs to change anything because he is six and zero. Yeah, there's holes there, but I mean,
1: what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? This guy, this I guy being six and zero over anything. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think long term here. Um... And I, I definitely think, yeah, it, it's it's hard to trade one of those quarterbacks, especially Josh Allen, um, unless you're getting a stud, um, you know, multiple studs on your team. Yeah. Well,
0: 6-0, oh, he gets a win over Phil by a measly one-and-a-half points. The tortoise goes 6-0, oh, Law Dogs sitting in the cellar at 1-5. Teamers, yay, gets the loss, puts up a 70-point stinker against my podcast host and new team name, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Jake Bocchi. There we go. Jake Bockey put up a 119. Jake, how'd that happen?
1: Um, with just patience, just being very patient with my team um, and just rolling out the guys that I think would have the best weeks um, and not really thinking too much about it. You know, I also had... Shuba Hubbard in my RB2 spot a lot of the week, um, and I was very close to playing him over with Jonathan Taylor, but then I read a bunch of reports saying that Jonathan Taylor, they were to give him the ball a lot more um, and didn't have necessarily the best day. He had one like long 50-yard catch because of like a pick play, essentially, um, to which he racked up a lot of those points, and they were down a lot of that game. But in general, I will say this. One thing when I looked at my team this week, scored 120 points, essentially. um, Did not have a single touchdown from any of my players uh, besides Lamar, who had one passing touchdown. If I'm scoring 120 points without having a touchdown, I know that my team is good um, because I know that these these guys do get touchdowns. A.J. Brown gets touchdowns. Travis Kelsey gets touchdowns. Alvin gets touchdowns and Lamar throughout the season has gotten rushing touchdowns and they were in the red zone so much that London game. It was starting to piss me off that they weren't, they, they just looked inside the five. They looked just measly performance on offense. So I was very impressed by my team this week. Um, Not that he had a crazy game, but I did call a Garrett Wilson game. Um, and yeah. he, he was out for, I would say a quarter and he still put up 90, 90 yards on eight catches and 12 targets. Um, that did help when Darius Slay was ruled out, but the Eagles pass defense has not been that great this year. Um, and I had a feeling and I understand that their, their pass rush has been great and has been good, but I felt like Garrett Wilson would get, um, you know, force fed the ball because they would have to kind of keep up with, with the Eagles. um, That was a great game to watch. A.J. Brown is a beast, and I'm like, super excited to have him on my team because I really feel like going forward, you have A.J. Brown, uh, Tyreek, Cooper Cup. Um, I'm, I'm taking Justin Jefferson out of it because he's hurt, but I feel like those guys are the guys that you can play every week and know that they're getting the ball thrown to them 10 times a game. Um, yeah there, there might be a couple other ones in there maybe a jamar chase but every once in a while you notice jamar is just like absent at time kind of phased out yeah he's just yeah. Not, not there. Stefan Diggs is another one um who sam has but you know watching him play is just so much fun because you know he's gonna break one uh, he is a yep. physical wide receiver and that's why i wanted him in the first place is because I wanted to watch AJ Brown catch a ball, shove a guy to the ground, and go 40 more yards for a touchdown. And I know I'm going to get that throughout the year. So once Jonathan Taylor kind of ramps up a little bit um, and I kind of figure out my flex spot, Michael Pittman had a lot of garbage time points, which is great, but that's not going to be consistent. Um, But I do have some options on my bench. I still have Aaron Jones on my IR, um, and I think that he is someone when fully healthy is a very good flex play. And a very good RB two. I don't think he's an RB one, but I do think he's an RB two and probably one of the best flex options in our league. So I like my team going forward. Um, I'm starting to, you know, I'm always thinking about trades and how I can improve. And I don't think I have too many guys now that I can flip for improvements. Um, But you know, if someone is looking for another running back, a Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, whatever. Getting him for something possibly as an option. George Pickens. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: I think that's it. I was just thinking about. I was kind of mulling through my roster and was thinking, yeah, what is that? To? But he's gonna be on bye next week, so that doesn't help me out. But definitely next three matchups. Next three matchups uh, at home against Houston, at home against Indy, on the road against Chicago. I mean, you're uh, really it comes down to is Miles Sanders healthy? I mean, you're heading into the bye week. Maybe that's gonna
1: yeah. Um, yeah, but and that's also, really going to be the indicator. I mean, if you think about it, too, just, like, what has Miles Sanders shown so far, though, that, like, has deserved mm, yeah. a spot? Also, what has Ch- Chuba Hubbard shown over the last two years that he deserves a starting spot, too? Because he's always... Well, when, top what top has top Chuba,
0: top. Chuba Hubbard shown over the last two years that have not indicated for him to get a starting spot? So well, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. See,
1: that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying, is that, like, last year, he had the option when Christian was was um, traded, and then Deonta Foreman took off, and... They split time and there were games where Hubbard looked really good, and there were times where he got 30 yards on 15 carries. So he, he yeah. is, you know, he's not your typical fantasy running back. Uh, but Jerome, yeah. Jerome Ford is someone that I actually thought this this was his best game running the ball. Um, and I know Kareem had a, had a good game, and I think Kareem's on waivers, but Jerome Ford against a good San Francisco Niners defense, 17 carries for 84 yards. That's pretty mm. that's almost five yards per carry. Um now not a lot of catches, but you know, he got 10 points without scoring a touchdown. I think going forward, that's someone that I can be excited about too. So I have options still. Um But you know, we'll see if um, you know, going forward, if my team can consistently score, you know, 115, 120. That's been the issue for my team, is that there are some weeks where they score 90 to 95. I go up against a really or I go up against a good team with um, really good matchups and since like Steph's team mm-hmm. they drop 140 150 and it's just an automatic loss um so yeah. I, I, I said that this was the three-week stretch that I needed to win these three games to get me back in there this was the first one hopefully Phillips is next week and hopefully you're week three
0: well I mean we don't know what team of mine you're gonna be facing okay. <laughs> but uh I mean, you covered your team well. Um, I'll use this as a springboard into Team Mercier's team when I talk about you. John. The Taylor's closing the gap a little bit, it seems like, between him and Zach Moss. Zach Moss was on the bench for Team Mercier. Team Mercier had a mm, bad outing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Her cousins, I, I don't... One bad. Everyone. Everyone was bad. Stephon Diggs, nah, he'll, he'll continue to be. Jim Montgomery gets knocked out of the game. Hurt. Joe Mixon is... Joe Mixon is just I guess a catalyst of just this offense as as in general. They've been meh. Joe Mixon has been I, I don't know what Joe Mixon has been, because when I look at the stats and I look at the rushing, um, I mean sub sub three yards per carry. It's like some that's some uh San Diego Chargers, Melvin Gordon stats there, which isn't great. Usually you get stats like that, you get the amount of touches and you gotta fall for touchdowns for that offense. Really isn't doing anything, and um, when they got explosive offense, they're moving the ball downfield and they're giving Jumbo Joe Mixon some good goal line work. That's when he's pretty efficient because, i like, like the yardage tell, he's an average three guy. Pick up big yardage or not big yardage, uh, tough yardage. Yeah, and that offense is just in flux right now. He's not going to be a guy that breaks something out.
1: Just really isn't. No, and, um, and I was so I was watching that game. I was watching. That game and, and the Minnesota game, uh, because Sam has both those players, and I don't think I really had anyone in the morning that I was, like, trying to focus on. I was more focused on the, the 1 o'clock uh, Garrett Wilson-AJ Brown matchup. But <clears throat> I don't know why Cincinnati doesn't run the ball more, because uh, they were basically up a good amount of the game, and they would, just, they would do three and outs just passing the ball. Or it would be, like, one run for, like, two yards, and then just throw, throw, both incomplete, punted away. Um, both teams scored a touchdown on the very first drives, and then it was just dead the rest of the game. So mm-hmm. very strange game. An even weirder game was Kirk Cousins um, in Chicago. That game was just ugly for the first half. Um, <coughs> Kirk Cousins did not really do anything until the last drive of the first half, and he didn't really do anything after that. Um, He got bailed out on a a fumble that should have been a recover by the Bears, but they said he wasn't in bounds. But I'm wondering if I'm Sam going forward, if Kirk Cousins is just fully dependent on Justin Justin Jefferson, because I feel like a lot of the wide receivers that they have don't necessarily, they don't, they're not Justin Jefferson, of course, like they are good, but you know Kirk Cousins is is someone that I think only really scored points because he had the best wide receiver in the game and I think going forward she's going to have to have a really tough time deciding do I start Joe Burrow who at weeks has looked really really good or has looked really really bad or do I you know start Kirk Cousins that you know is maybe only going to get me 15 points a game uh, going forward without Justin Jefferson, so it will be an interesting choice, that's for sure.
0: What we talked about with her team is give me the uh, give me the Cincinnati bye week against her with all her Cincinnati well, next week. So, but that next is next week, week. Yeah. yeah, that is next week. And Kirk Cousins next week is playing against the 49ers
1: revenge game, yep. That is that's un- to whoever her next week. Let's uh, well, yeah. while you talk, let me look that up,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going. We're still going down the board. Pedestrian outings. I want to touch a little bit on Minnesota with Justin Jefferson out. I think we, you and I both had this idea of like, okay, let's hyper, let's hyper focus someone. Let's it's either TJ or it's Addison or um, a lot of love for like KJ Osborne. But I think this offense is just going to turn into let's spread the ball around and let's let's um, let's soak up targets throughout the whole team, make us a little bit more of a well balanced attack, but. Mm, early results, so that's not good. You're heading into now. Congrats, Ashane. Um,
1: you yeah. have won next week already. I declare yeah. that. Uh, Kirk Cousins against San Francisco. Alexander Madison against San Francisco. Zach Moss against that nasty Cleveland defense. Um, and, yeah, I uh, all the Cincinnati Bengals are on buys. No David Montgomery. No Cowboys defense. Ashane, congrats on your win after a tough week this week.
0: And you never want to roll into Foxborough after a Patriots loss. So, RIP Stephon Diggs. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, uh, but yeah, it just all there's really not much to say. Just a tough week. I think the question you have heading out of the bye week, I'm, I'm going to pretend that whatever projections that they have for Kirk Cousin, he hits it next week. I don't know what it is. But just for the sake of this argument, um, answering your question, you roll with Joe Burrow at this point out. Well, as well, while Justin Jefferson is out, I don't think what I saw this past weekend, what I'm projecting um, with this offense moving forward, I think it's pretty safe to say you just roll Joe Burrow. Um, he's getting healthy. He looks healthier. Um, give me give me a team with with uh, a top-end wide receiver. There's no top-end wide receiver on that Minnesota uh, offense. The more Kirk Cousins has to sit in the pocket and think, the more often he's going to get sacked or it's going to be a pick. We've seen it. Yeah, um, having a, a easy checkdown option or, or throw it up, jump ball, let the guy work with Justin. Not having that and having him sit and just go through progressions, go through reads. Um, I've seen more than anyone, Kirk Cousins just getting blown up in the pocket. So yeah, I, I, I will say this: too, and
1: she has him as well. I, I, Alexander Madison is not an efficient running back. He is just I don't no. think he is a an NFL starting running back. I think when Dalvin was very good on the Vikings, I think a, a Madison was a great backup. Kind of change of pace, kind of dude, but he is just not your RB1. Um, I wouldn't be surprised next year if they go out and get somebody else or if they draft someone because Matt is. Where's Cam Akers? Like, can Cam Akers enter the chat? He's also another NFL running back. Um, but yeah, Sam, the rough, rough week for Sam. Everybody on her team just did not show up. And like I said, besides Stefan Diggs, and I, and I said in last week's. Um, podcast I said what I need out of Stefan Diggs is 110 115 yards and no touchdowns and that is exactly what he had gotten um with his stat line of 10 catches for 100 yards so not that you know even if he would have had 200 yards and three touchdowns still would have won but yeah you know she has a lot just similar to um similar to what I think about uh, Trey's team. Now Trey's 6 and and I think he has a much better team than Sam where he is kind of dependent on Tyreek really you know, scoring 25, 30 points. Sam's team is completely dependent on Stephon Diggs and I will yeah. say David Montgomery. So without those two, with with David Montgomery going down, that was bad luck for her. And going forward, that's even worse because I don't think mm-hmm. she has. Um, I mean, Zach Moss has been you know kind of a revelation over the last few weeks. Um, but who knows if that's going to continue? I think he's still going to get a lot of um, he's still going to get a lot of carries. Uh, he had seven this week, and and he was kind of bailed out with with a touchdown. Um, and he only had seven for twenty one, and a lot of it actually he actually had more receiving yards and almost a, almost more receptions than carries. But <clears throat> that's that. This is going to be rough a rough stretch for Sam's team um, because yeah. with this bye week coming up for a lot of our players. And then when they come back, David Montgomery is still not going to be healthy. So you're running, you know, <coughs> Madison as your second RB, maybe a Zach Moss as your second RB. But after that, you know, you don't have a lot of players. And we can talk about a lot of teams not having a lot of bench depth. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a had a decent game yesterday. He had a, he had a big. No, double. don't get tricked by that. Well, that's what I'm saying is that a decent game, but you can't count on that. Um, and, and, yep. and I don't think that offense is something that you're like, oh, yeah, Brandon Cooks is a great a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. I, I just I don't see it. Um, T Higgins has been a huge question mark, as he usually is. Um, So I think Sam is kind of in that. I think there are going to be some weeks where Sam looks really good, and there are going to be some weeks, and I think this is how it's going to look going forward for the next two to three weeks where it's going to look not so great.
0: Sam gets a loss. She's at three and three, sixth place. Jake out in the Chipmunks, two and four, seventh place. Oh,
1: tails. Playoffs next week, baby. All right. Our next matchup that we're going to go over, this is pretty much the OG North, uh, Northwood, Northside matchup that we enjoy every single year. We have- the Geriatric Nick, club. Yeah, there you go. We have Nick, Rum Runners against Fitch, Brian's team. The closest matchup that we have had this year. Um, 87.84.
0: You always know when you're saying point, yes. then you know it's bad.
1: Nick wins by 0.4 points, um, 87.84 to Brian's 87.4. Um, what a matchup and solely because of one play that happened. Um, and Nick can thank Dak Prescott for finding Tony Pollard for a little dump off that Tony Pollard ran for 60 yards. Um, and Brian can hate Michael Davis of the chargers. As do I hate Michael Davis of the Chargers for not tackling Tony Pollard after having two hands on him and basically just letting him go because he thought he was going to be tackled? Rough. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Rough, rough <laughs> for Ryan. Uh, we talked about this as both these teams are kind of looking to like n- separate themselves as far as like, because uh, we, I think it's fair to say Trey, Trey is looking like he probably has. One of those bye weeks. I know we're already talking about playoffs, um, but you know, being six and zero and being two games ahead of everybody else is big. Um, and both of these teams, Brian drops now to four and two. Nick winning and boosting him up to four and two. Both of these, Brian now in uh, second place because of points. Nick in third place because of points. But this was a big week because you know, I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like both these teams right now are struggling to try and get close to 100, 110, what you kind of need consistently to win in this league.
0: Well, and you mentioned it, too. This is big. Uh, This matchup for Fitch is big because you were talking about him seeing a slide coming up. I believe it was Fitch's team that you were talking about. You were seeing that. Justin
1: Jefferson, right? And Justin Jefferson, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. And I felt like Brian, you know, he did a great job of going out and getting uh, KJ Osborne, who. You know, his n- not necessarily a-, a ton of points, but at least he went out and he got him, um, and he spent only fifteen bucks on Fab for him, which is I think is a good pickup. But Brian didn't really have anybody else um, on his team, um, you know, to really show out um, and take over that wide receiver two spot. And that's what I was kind of talking about Brian's team because I'm we're both not fans of the running backs. Uh, Dondre Swift maybe, uh, but not James Cook the wide receivers, Chris Olave has kind of had a down year. Um, He's had, he had a good week this week, but besides that, you know, Zay flowers caught a touchdown, which was big. Um, But you know, he's not getting, you know, seven, eight catches a game. You know, he's finding five to six catches, maybe 40 to 50 yards. And then if he does get a touchdown, it's a big boost. But if he doesn't, which he really hasn't consistently got, you're looking at nine to 10 points and you kind of want it a flex play. You want more than that. So this was a tough, tough loss for Brian, especially because his kicker, who's been his entire team, I feel offense. This year, yeah. <laughs> got negative one. So, you know, if you think about it, just a regular zero. If if Jake didn't even play, if he got hurt in warm ups and didn't play, Brian would be five and one, um, and Nick three and three.
0: That's disgusting to think about. Yep. Um, let's go through Brian's team first, Jalen Hurts. Same old, same old. Even on a low scoring game where they lose that jet, still get twenty oh, points. will take yeah,
1: that right there. That costs them as well. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's a lot of things in this matchup that you think back about, and you're like, you gotta be kidding me. One, yeah, yeah I forgot about the three interceptions
0: in there. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Eagles. <laughs> that Eagles game obviously affected the script a little bit. Uh, Dylan, dealing her of those three interceptions. That's six points. I was doing my counting on Monday night, even though to the dis- disagreements from you, uh, Jake. But those three points obviously were a killer for him. James Cook, James Cook, James Cook, James Cook. What's going on, dude? As soon as I start pumping those tires, they start deflating on me. Uh, another kind of bad outing. I mean, productive outing. 14, 14 carries, 71 yards. You're not falling in for a touchdown. You're not getting anything through the air. You're, yeah. you're not putting points up in this league. Yep. It's just... It's a killer. This. You're not falling in for a touchdown.
1: Watching that Buffalo game, they really do use, and I'm glad uh, it wasn't Latavius who got hurt. Uh, Damian Harris, um, yeah. got hurt and uh, taken away in an ambulance, and I'm glad that he's all good. But they use all three of those running backs. Like it's not yeah. just James Cook, um, and I will say James Cook gets the majority of the of the runs, but there are some drives where Latavius is the one running the ball. And I think you're gonna see a lot of this too when it gets into the colder months, where Latavius to me is the more attractive running back because he is someone that's going to just like bowl you over and just play physical football. Uh James Cook is that elusive, kind of shifty running back who has talent. But I think I'm not saying going forward, I'm taking Latavius over James, but I you know, as a RB one, James Cook is not an RB one.
0: I feel like too, like when you think about like Buffalo running backs or even just like that offense as a whole, when they get to the later portions of the year when it gets cold, yeah, you start thinking, okay, Buffalo's gotta buy, they're like walking into it, they're gonna preserve Josh Allen, they're gonna start running the ball. But then I got kind of curious, I was looking at their schedule. Um by week thirteen, week fourteen, they're on the road to KC, so there's your cold weather game. But then they're they're okay. They're at home against Dallas. Oh, I guess I was trying to make up this big point. The only, uh, game that they're in a dome or they're in like good weather is against the Chargers big 16. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be a factor. Like it always is. Especially with these cold weather teams. They start relying on the run game because just weather is just an obvious factor. But Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray will never die. I, I can't wait for my future son to go to his first game and watch Latavius Murray score a touchdown because it's going to happen. He, The guy, the guy's going to be putting around. He's going to be on like the Colts for some reason. Um, and that's obviously playing in that, that Buffalo backfield. There's always the questions when you drafted a running back for Buffalo is A, is he going to get the the amount of work James Cook has? I mean, he's been averaging. I mean, besides that Jacksonville game, which was an absolute stinker in London. Take that one out of the equation. You're looking at 15 tar- 15 attempts, which is good. I mean, but still, like, you look at, like, the upper echelon of, like, running back, running backs. You're looking at guys like, yeah, like Josh Jacobs, who's getting, like, 20, it seems like. And if it's not on the ground, like, they're making sure they're giving it to him in like, the flat. And they're, they're throwing it to him. He's getting, for some reason now, like, four to five catches a game. When you get, like I mentioned, you get weeks, like, this past week where he's not even targeted and you're not getting any of those extra – Point fives and stuff on top of that, that's thats not good. That's scary. It gets me really nervous of the uh, um, uh, Montgomery kind of flashes of what he was dealing with as a running back uh, for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about – you kind of went over his whole team. Jake Elliott, that's just the biggest bummer. Bench, yeah. still questions about it. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. It's uh, just Jake Elliott. That absolutely uh-huh. – it's crazy to think that this guy number one fantasy kicker, and then he gets a negative one. I don't know who overtook his uh, his uh, his um, number one spot, but he is now number two in kickers. But Jake Elliott, yeah, getting a negative one in a kicker and losing by point four is it it hurts. That hurts so bad.
0: Um, does it hurt for Nick? No. Run runners. Run runners had a kind of um, Baker Mayfield. I don't hate it. I mean, everything hindsight 2020 is uh, 2020, and Bakers continue to throw the ball. And you mentioned it. A lot of big throws that he missed to Mike Evans that probably would have inflated that score. But I will in say, that game so, against – go ahead.
1: Really quick, I will say this. I don't know perhaps Nick picked him up because Bakers had a, a decent season. I think there are some games where you know he had 22 points against – had a good week against the Saints, and that's a good defense. Um, and I don't know if perhaps that's why he picked him up. I also think there's a good chance that Nick picked him up cuz he saw that it was the Detroit Lions and Nick has these like memories of the Packers dropping 45 points against the Lions. Puts Oh, that's definitely it. on the Detroit Lions defense. That defense mm-hmm. is good. That defense can play um, and so I hope kind of hope Nick picked them because of the Detroit Lions now it didn't necessarily hurt him. It's 0.5 points away from it hurting him. Um, but, you know, the lions aren't your your uh tooth your dad's lions. Okay, the lions are back. The lions are here to stay. Shout out Dan Campbell.
0: Yeah, I mean, and when you're looking for when you have your starting quarterback Sean Watson out, and you're kind of sniffing through the way of a wire, you're obviously looking for the best field of matchup. You're looking at a, a multitude of factors, but I would say um, relatively consistent fancy quarterback coming off his coming off a of bye where he played New Orleans and diced them up 22 point outing. Um I don't hate it but still it's always cool seeing Baker Mayfield in Orlando. Talk about Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, I still continue to say he's top 5 top 5 running back rest of the season. Yeah, you, about,
1: you were talking about uh running backs and how, you know, uh Cook and even Swift. I mean Swift has had a couple games where they just run run run, but like Travis Etienne is starting to be one of those guys that he gets 20 carries a game um, at least 15 carries a game, or if not more um, on a consistent basis every single week. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of talk coming into the season. Well, what are they going to do with tank Bigsby? And is that going to eat into Travis Etienne's playing time? And, you know, he's, he's a good player, but is he consistent? He is starting to show what they drafted him. Um, I believe that him from the second round a couple of years ago, um, he is turning into a fantasy stud. And it's cool to see because last year he showed that and then he got hurt. Um but this year, especially the last two weeks he's been playing great. Um and he's really kind of carried that offense. Uh, because Trevor Lawrence has been inconsistent at times. The wide receivers have been inconsistent, but Travis Etienne has been that consistency in that offense for sure.
0: You throw out you throw out uh KC Ray twelve carries which like even on a bad day that's kind of a lot um 18 19 18 20 26 yeah that's you're not getting a lot of that unless you got like Chris McCaffrey or one of the big guys like you're not getting a lot of running backs right now like yeah. up echelon guys that are contributing that much who's not contributing is Devonte Adams um Devonte adams is is literally being buoyed this top 11 ranking just by his one outing Against Pittsburgh, where he put up 172 and two touchdowns, but um, coming off a week uh, against Green Bay, kind of like weird revenge game, um, where he had six points, he goes up and gets two catches or 29 yards against New England. Um, scary, absolutely scary. I Nick had some uh, Nick was nervous about drafting him. He's he had, like, as a, when we were there for draft day, he didn't want to just go after just the easy Packer, but he was obviously kind of excited, but. These these are these are what happens with Devontae Adams. I had him last year. I had stretches where um, single handedly will win you a week, and it seems like he'll go through stretches two, three weeks where he's just not getting any love, any passes his way, and you're getting these three three point weeks. Now another guy, Debo. Debo's dead, dude. I am so out on Debo, and now I know he got injured. Um, it's also a very injured in the game.
1: Go ahead. Cleveland's defense is, is very – I feel like people aren't talking about them enough. Um, and so Debo is – yeah, Debo is just one of those players that you play him and you hope – you hope that you get a touchdown from him. Um, because if not, you're looking at less than 10 points guaranteed. Um, so – it's it's tough because there are some weeks um, and this is what you don't want in fantasy, right? Like you really don't want players that are going to be boom or bust because when the booms come, it's great and you buy into them. But when the busts come, they come a lot more than the booms, I feel like, especially someone like Debo. You're talking about someone like T Higgins or like a Tyler Lockett. We've talked about these players. It's it's hard to. Like you just, it's like it's like an addictive thing. You just still have to keep them in the lineup because you're like, I know that it's gonna come one of these days. I know he's gonna drop twenty points, and it's gonna you know aid me to a a victory. But when you get the one point ones, you know I don't know what Nick does with his wide receivers because you're looking at Devonta Smith. You're talking about someone being buoyed by one performance. Devonta Smith had one week, you know, over fifteen points. And the rest of them, there's been three stinkers for him. There have been a 6.9, nice. There's been a 1.1, and there's been a 4.8. You know, you're looking at two wide receivers that are super inconsistent. You're looking at one who's consistently good, but this year has not shown it. And I will say I think a lot of that has to do with quarterback. But, man, like, it is tough for Nick right now. Um, It's tough for him to get a consistent uh, hundred points. And I'm sure you can speak on that as someone that's consistently.
0: Yeah. I am the OG of struggling to get a hundred points, but one thing that he can do to get back into that is, which is like, I'm holding my breath. I don't know how I can talk and hold my breath at the same time. You, you got to keep playing Kyle Pitts because these two week window now, um, where two weeks, uh, week five against Houston Hauling in seven targets or eighty-seven yards mm-hmm. this week takes a little bit of a dip in the target chair, but cashed in on a touchdown. I mean, maybe Drake London's performing. Um, you're always you, you have question marks a little bit because Gianna Smith is cashed in for a touchdown last week as well. Mm-hmm. But
1: I will say, are they throwing? Watched, it or they're losing. What is the situation with we that? Chicago put up. We watched DJ Moore put up two hundred yards against that Washington secondary. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the Washington secondary, similar to what the Colt secondary has done this year, right? Like we watched DeAndre Hopkins put up 20 points against the Colt secondary. Now they did a little bit better on the road against the Jags. Um, but the Jags didn't really have to throw the ball that much because Travis Etienne uh, scored two quick touchdowns in the first quarter because Gardner Menchuk turned the ball over. So I. I, I would, if I'm Nick, either you keep on trying to try to look for a tight end, especially on Phil's team, and you ask, what can we talk about this week? I don't know if Phil's trading anymore. It sounds like he's not, and he's going to be stubborn and just stick with his team. Um, but Kyle Pitts has shown that uh, he has been much better these last couple weeks compared to the last couple years. So, you know, maybe he keeps him and he he rides him out to see if this can be consistent. But I would still be very wary of Kyle Pitts.
0: Another big reason for the one-point victory was the seventeen-point difference between Jake Elliott minus one and good old Justin Tucker coming back sixteen-point outing. No one really special on the bench. Um, I yeah, so, about
1: the Justin Tucker. I think that's actually a, a funny point because we had t- talked about like how Justin Tucker has had such a rough year so far. Yeah, twenty-fifth like ranked as a kicker. Which is just not Justin Tucker. Um, it's not because of him necessarily. It's just because that offense has been very inconsistent. But Justin mm-hmm. Tucker looking across at uh, Brian's team and seeing, you know, the new Justin Tucker and Jake Elliott, and then just showing him, you know, hey, look, I'm not I'm not ready to give up my reign just yet.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, in that, that propelled the victory, um, tying a bow and all of it. Like I was saying on the bench, Cortland Sutton. I, there's nothing that interests me there. Um, Tyler Boyd, I'm I'm not dabbling into the fourth wide receiver. Gabe Davis. Um, I talked about Buffalo going going up against the Patriots. I think I think this is a completely different Patriots team generally than the ones that used to be scared of like rolling out your number one wide receiver against Bill Belichick, but. Maybe this is a Gabe Davis next week, as we always think. We watched,
1: yeah, as we always uh, perhaps think is going to happen. We watched Jacoby Myers, their wide receiver, too, have a very good week. So perhaps, um, you know, Gabe Davis, their number two. I'm not entirely sure. We're going to talk about next week's matchup next pod. Not sure if Nick has any buy issues. Um, but, you know, Gabe Davis for a Debo or a Gabe Davis for a Devonta Smith kind of swap will be very interesting to to look forward to.
0: We got Run Runners with the victory, going to four and two. Fitch with the loss at four and two. Matchup of the week: House Targaryen gets the win. Jake, mm-hmm. the win. She's three and three, fifth place. She gets the win over who? Um, I mean, we touted probably one of the more hotter teams coming into this week, and just projecting out future schedule. QB sneaks. Both teams are three and three. QB sneaks still at fourth. House trigger in a fifth. 123-103. Um, talked about it in previous matchups. Still a relatively pedestrian outing from Patrick Mahomes. And um, we talked about it in the last episode because so it was a Thursday matchup. Pyron Williams, absolutely
1: monster outing. But um, w- which yeah, has been honestly, I feel like, like for second half because I feel like the first right. half it was like. Rough to like even move the ball for both teams. I think there was like, was it nine to six at halftime or something? Yeah, very. Yeah, it was. It was. It was was single. Yeah, I believe the first drive coming out of halftime, the Rams had the ball. They ran the ball ten straight times. Um, Yes, they uh, came out with like a vengeance. They're like, we're we're keeping this on the ground, and that's when he really kind of like took off for the rest of the game. Mm
0: Hmm. Um. But oh, what I was gonna say is that like you can just tell with, with Steph, the her spending that fab, getting him on the team, $7, if not something crazy, but yeah. kind of shifted the trajectory of her team. Yeah. But he is going to be out this Sunday. Um, so that's definitely gonna be a move that she's gonna have to look into. Cooper Cup waiting out that decision and hit, plopping him right onto Steph's roster has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um another 24. 24 point outing for him. DJ Moore came crashing down to earth. I'm going to give DJ Moore one more week.
1: Um, I'll give him a few more weeks because I don't think he is going to do much with Tyler Badgett.
0: Badgett? That's his name?
1: The new quarterback. Badgett? Badgett, yeah. The backup quarterback for thinking. the Chicago Bears because Justin Fields is out for a few weeks.
0: But. Um, Drafted. Yeah, low outing. Dallas Goddard's back to earth, but Adam Thielen again,
1: Jake. Yeah, it, Adam what? Thielen has turned into a fantasy lifesaver. Um, he is turned into someone that gets, I feel like, 12 targets a game minimum. Um, and it's it's crazy to see because that team gets down. Actually, they were up 14-0. to zero, um, And then as the Dolphins started to chip away and then kind of take over, Adam Thielen is um, Bryce Young's favorite target. And, you know, he, both him and Kyron Williams, I feel like have really saved Steph's season because if it wasn't for those two guys, now Ramondre had a good week. But Damian Pierce is starting to get phased out of that offense, and he Mm is one that is just not reliable. Um, And there's no one really else that, you know, she could have played in. Christian Kirk had a good week too. But, you know, Adam Thielen is, it's crazy. He's He is most likely going to be a top... 10 to 15 wide receiver at least uh this fantasy season and he has provided a lot of stability on Steph's team to which she has had to navigate and she's done a great job of um finding those players um but yeah I mean this is a team that that is good um I did think Austin Eckler was going to have a down week this week because that Dallas Cowboys defense um especially that front seven is nasty, and the Chargers don't have the best offensive line, especially with their starting center out. And so Austin Eckler really, what did he have? He had 14 carries for 27 yards. Um, And, you know, typical Eckler fashion. A lot of his points came through the, um, you know, passing game. Didn't see the end zone. Um, But it didn't really matter. She scored 123, which is underneath her projections, but still a very solid week. Um and you can thank players like Adam Thielen, like Cooper Cup, and like Kyron Williams for that.
0: Yeah, and then you mentioned the bench. There's not there wasn't a lot of options where she could have really made a tough decision. Ramondre Stevens says, I like him next week against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of inconsistency. started off the year pretty good, but um I, I at this point I think that Patriots team just punts throwing the ball. Like I think this team turns into like a college army offense, and then to start running just like zone, just like triple option, just running the ball. They had some success. Yeah, but the the uh, with
1: them, too, is that their defense is so banged up, and it's not very good this year. So you're looking at, you know, you're going to have to throw the ball. Like when you're down, like they got down against the Raiders 7-0. Maybe it may have been 10-0. And that kind of forced yeah. Nick Jones to throw the ball, which was good because I started the Raiders defense. And that's why I started them. Uh, because I felt like he was going to have to throw the ball around and he's a terrible quarterback. Uh, Mm Um, I think Ramondre is just someone that I think we both like him as a running back. Um, but he's just someone that you're not necessarily sure he could have a week like he did last week, 15 points. But I think you're looking at someone that's going to consistently get under 10 the rest of the year, because that's just a bad team right now. Um. yeah, but, you know, it's hard. It's
0: really hard, hard press to start a guy on yeah. on Patriots. I'm but, just trying to find the positives. Yeah, then... I
1: really don't think she's going to need to, you know, think about playing him that often. Now, next week, yeah, probably because Kyron's out. Um, but maybe she uses some of her fab for, you know, another player. So, we'll see uh, going forward. Steph,
0: this. do not get Zach Evans off the ramp. It's my turn to have a Rams player. <laughs> just
1: putting that out there. Let's go to a team um, that uh, – Boy, there are some question marks going forward, and that's mostly because of injury. Now, it came out today. Christian McCaffrey looks to be possible uh, play next week, next Monday, um, which a Shane can probably take a, a big um, a sigh of relief because, you know, if Christian McCaffrey goes down for a few weeks, we've seen over the last few years when Christian gets used a lot, he gets hurt. Um and, you know, not saying Christian McCaffrey really drives a Shane's team because I do think there are other players on here that, you know, can put up very good weeks. But having someone that literally gets you a touchdown every single Sunday is its – you're already starting up 6-0, essentially, every single week.
0: Um, real quick, take um, you breaking that news to me, it's the first I heard I thought he was going to be out next week. But taking off fantasy football hat putting on – your perspective GM hat. Why would you even play him next week? If he's like banged up, would you, sure. would, would you even want to rush him back?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think in general, yeah, like probably not. You already, you're not going to be undefeated the rest of the season. You really don't yeah. have anybody in your division that you're like worried about catching up to you. Rams have been good. They're what are they? Three and three now. Uh, I think that. hell the yeah, Rams, they are. The Seahawks are also three and three. And the Cardinals are one and five. So, you know, possibly you get him in there for a couple snaps, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think if I were John Lynch, the the GM, I would have him sit a week and kind of just um, – they should be able to beat the Vikings without him. I don't think he is necessarily, like, the, the reason why they would win. Um, but, you know, if Christian wants to play, I have a feeling that he's going to play no matter what.
0: And now putting back on my fantasy cap, the only reason why I don't want him to play is I want to pick up uh, Jordan Mason because I need any
1: Jordan Mason is good for one great week. And then he's back to yeah. kind of, you know, well, and see
0: any given Sunday, any, win, any win counts for my team. I'm just thinking about myself here. Um, i need to go back to the matchup Jake. So continue on with this right the rest game.
1: of a Shane's team. Um, speaking of the San Francisco 49ers, I've already looked and seen a Shane's plan for next week. Now anything could change. It's time for Brock Purdy. It's Purdy season. Ooh. Purdy will be starting. It looks like for the rest, unless the Shane has other plans to, to pick up a quarterback, uh, Justin Fields being out. I have a feeling he's going to be out for two to three weeks. Um, I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Dislocated thumb. Um, can't really on his throwing hand. Can't really grip the ball, which is sounds like an issue. Um, yeah, so you, you need your hand. Yeah. Um rough you know, rough for Fields this week. I will say, you know, a Shane can say, like, oh, you know, possible, you know, because I lost by twenty and I pro- I could have maybe gotten those twenty points in the few quarters that both Christian and Justin Fields missed. Justin Fields was struggling in the first half of that game. Uh watched that game and the the I don't know why Coaches don't game plan for specific defenses, but the Minnesota Vikings are known to blitz. They blitzed Justin Fields seventy percent of the snaps, and you could tell that he was struggling with that. Um, you would think that the offensive coordinator and the head coach would game plan for that, knowing that the Vikings blitz more than any single defense in the NFL. They still struggled with it, so Justin Fields. I don't think he would have. He would not have gotten you know an extra ten to fifteen points. There's a good chance that he would have gotten less points than what he had right now. Um, Christian McCaffrey was out, I think, most of the second half. um, And he was, you know, struggling to get anything going with the Browns defense. Um, But we're looking at the rest of the Shane's team. Raheem, I'm so bummed that I traded him because he is just a touchdown machine. um, Because they get, if it's not a 60-yard bomb to Tyreek, it is a five-yard Raheem Mostert touchdown run.
0: Yeah, it's like automatic. Yeah.
1: And it was like I was watching the um fantasy cast kind of just see them just chipping away going downfield, red zone, and then like a seven yard catch, four yard run, and then I was like, here comes a Raheem, six yard touchdown run. Sure enough, boom. Um and he is just someone that has, you know, he's got so many opportunities now. And so, you know, good for a shane for, for having him in part of that deal. Um and I will say, I'll touch on the last thing here, Keenan Allen. I thought he would have a better week than Austin Eckler. I was right about that. Keenan had a very good week, and CeeDee Lamb had a good week against the Chargers' uh, defense. Um, only other thing I want to touch on on a Shane's team is looking at Brees Hall. Brees Hall had a good game once again. Um, you know, getting into the end zone, five catches for fifty-four yards. Maybe not the great uh, efficiency on the ground. You know, twelve carries, thirty-nine yards. But he is someone that has shown he's going to get into the end zone. And so he is uh, a very good bench spot. Um, And so, yeah, if I'm a Shane, I think next week, because he does play Sam, who is hurt by week, all this stuff, I think if I'm a Shane, I'm kind of selfishly hoping they hold Christian McCaffrey out. Because I think similarly to the Niners not needing McCaffrey to beat the Vikings, Shane's not going to need McCaffrey to beat Sam next week.
0: Yeah, and the only thing I want to touch on, too, with, like, Pukunakua is, you're looking at 4.6 out, and he missed. Dropped. And, dropped a he dropped. Yeah. yeah, he dropped a touchdown. That was an easy one. And the Rams offense is obviously with, with Cooper Cup demanding a lot of the targets. It's Cooper Cup and it's Pukunakua. There's no one else. Uh, years past, right. it's always be Tyler Higby picking up everything. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about this. You said I'm not worried about uh, – This down week from Puka, you can still start with confidence. Now, with your point with Brees Hall, I think instead of making the decision of taking him out, taking him out of the lineup is still valid. I think CD should CD. I think you can have a serious flex consideration when it comes to Puka Nakua and Brees Hall every single week because that's a guy that you can put in there every single week. And CD, there's still obviously some question marks about CD Lamb because. They've had some down weeks, it seems like, against the Chargers, though. They they made it a mission to get him involved and shake these lower target count. I mean, still, I guess, seven targets. It seemed like the, the targets, though, the passes they gave him were like, quick, right off the slant, make it easy, let him work. Well, I will say um, this,
1: is that I don't think C.D. did anything differently than he's done this entire season. Um, yeah. I think it was the Chargers defense playing way off of him which made zero sense. And watching that game was so frustrating because you watched how far back the corners played, didn't press him, didn't do anything. They played so far back, and that's exactly what happened. They were slants over the middle that CD can catch for 15, 20 yards, and that's great, but he did not show at all that there was anything different with like this game compared to other games where defenses were actually playing him the correct way. Mm-hmm uh the Chargers defensive game plans this season have been absolutely terrible and coming off a bye and that's what you come out with and allowing him to kind of just it's very much and I was, you know, looking at stuff last last week but like this Vic Fangio defense of playing two high safeties and playing everyone back and not letting anybody beat you over the top there is nobody on the Cowboys that's going to beat you over the top so watching watching them play all intermediate into short routes and like just seeing them dink, not dink and dunk, but get those 10 to 15 yards down the field was very frustrating to watch because I'm sitting there and I'm like, CD's not going to beat you off the line. He's not a fast receiver. He's very good at those intermediates, which is exactly, it's playing into their hands. So I don't, I'm still very skeptical about CD going forward. And mostly because I don't see any red zone targets for him. Like it's been a struggle for him in the red zone, and for a wide receiver, I would say a wide receiver two right now on a Shane's team because I think Keenan has overtaken on a Shane's team as that wide receiver one option. Um, It's going to be tough now. Now looking at it right now, CD has a bye next week, so you won't have to worry about necessarily. You know, Brees Hall is probably going to slide into that flex play. Um, You know, and a Shane has someone like. You know, Nico Collins has had back to back kind of like, okay, we or this week ten points, nothing crazy, four catches, eighty yards. Um, but it is nice to have someone that's still, you know, a top ten wide receiver, um, and be able to f- put him in. But that's that's next episode, we can go over that. But yeah, just just to come back to CD, like I'm still very I'm I'm not buying into that yet. I don't think he is someone that, you know, what he was last year at this moment.
0: Who I am buying in on is, and I want to have this discussion, is the Dalton Schultz train. Huh. Now, three straight weeks with a touchdown. Um, had a touchdown this week. Only had four four targets a yardage is picked up. Average yards, average yards per reception is hovering around 12. Uh-huh. He had another touch. He had another red zone target in this last game that was dropped. They're heading in the bye, though, which sucks, because especially when you start – often starts moving a little bit, and you're getting a guy that you're getting someone consistent. Mm-hmm. in uh, the red zone as an option that um streaks streaks like this can happen like you start you start figuring out off and start figuring out this guy's open
1: so I was last with, in the end zone. Uh, with Jawan johnson
0: i ha- I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Dalton Schultz over Juwan Johnson the rest of the year. He's gonna be my guy. Well no I was
1: saying um, it was like last year. Like Juwan last year had like three weeks oh, yeah. where he had like a touchdown and I remember you being like Juwan Johnson have a better week than like Brandon Ayuk, and I was like what but uh, yeah, he's very much I think I made that projection this year
0: actually. So
1: um but yeah, um I will say this, you know, I saw this coming with Dalton Schultz. I did draft him um in the eleventh round this year and was my sleeper, but you know, decided to make that trade for Travis Kelsey instead.
0: Yeah, and you fell asleep. You fell asleep at the wheel. But and I, I guess QB sneaks overall fell asleep at the wheel. Not,
1: not the terrible in 103, it's yeah, some bad way more than with my... With some injuries. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the missed... It's it's one of those weeks where you sit there and you watch and you're like, man, I really need touchdowns here. I really need touchdowns there. And then when, like, Puka drops the, like, 30-yard, yeah. 20-yard touchdown pass and you know in that moment, I lost this week. Because yeah, if, if he makes that catch, you feel very good. You feel confident. If he misses it, especially one that you needed so bad... You just know deep down this is not my week, and it wasn't a Shane's week. But these two teams, I still think going forward, these are my two teams that are going to battle it out for that second um, buy spot. Um, I yeah, I, think I turned around her team tremendously, and I give her a ton of credit for doing so. I do it every single week. I was go- I'm going to be wrong with my prediction of her not making the playoffs still think Brian's going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be very close because I think there are some losses coming. But these are two teams that have a lot of good players on them, good fantasy players. And I'm, I'm excited to see both these teams kind of battle it out the rest of the year.
0: Both teams are now tied 3-3. Three and three. QB Sneaks is leading with the points 4. But he gets a loss. Steph gets a win, 123-103.